Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Mind on Mental Health podcast. My name is Andy Dean, and I am a licensed clinical social worker. And today I thought it would be important to talk about anxiety, considering everything that's going on right now with the coronavirus pandemic. In order to do that, I brought on my friend and colleague, Dr. Arshid Siddiqui. He's the medical director of adult outpatient services at Penn Medicine Princeton House Behavioral Health in Hamilton, New Jersey. Dr. Siddiqui and I worked together for about five years treating people who were struggling with anxiety, depression, and substance use disorders, him obviously being in a psychiatrist role and me being in a therapist role. So essentially what I did here is ask him to come up with his top three recommendations for anyone who is noticing an increase in their anxiety right now due to the pandemic, and I did the same thing. So you'll get a top three list from both of us in terms of recommendations for dealing with that. I'm lucky enough to also consider this guy a friend of mine, so you'll probably notice that we're giving each other a bit of a hard time at some points during our conversation. But I hope you guys find this helpful and enjoy the podcast. Hello, sir. Thanks for taking the time to uh, talk to me today. I appreciate you having me. So uh, as you know, today we're going to be talking a little bit about anxiety and um, how people can kind of be taking care of themselves and sort of managing their anxiety through the COVID crisis that we're currently in. And I guess I just wanted to take a second to ask you a couple questions right off the bat. What would you say to somebody out there who's finding that their anxiety is a little bit more heightened right now due to the crisis? Well, I, I would tell them that, first of all, don't be alarmed by your heightened anxiety. Anxiety is what helps us prepare for uh, a major adjustment that we have to make. So in this situation, your anxiety is telling you that there's new ways to go about life and that we need to adjust to those new ways. So social distancing, staying in your homes, not going to work, these are all things that we should be doing uh, and we're alerted to do these things by a heightened sense of anxiety. So first off, I would tell people not to be afraid of your anxiety, but to embrace it to a certain extent. Yeah, and I think it's just important, I guess, to recognize that right now, it's really normal to have more anxiety than maybe you have in the past. I mean, I don't really know anybody that would be immune to feeling a little bit more anxiety right now. Yeah, slight to moderate increase in your anxiety, I would say, is is, is normal right now. Um, when that anxiety becomes debilitating, where you're not able to function or eat or sleep or take care of yourself, that's when it becomes problematic. So in a situation like that, what would you recommend that somebody does? Well, the first thing to do would be to talk to somebody who's close to you and, and, mm -hmm. and assess uh, if, if what you're going through is different from what they are going through or not. And if it is, and if it is beyond the normal scope of behavior, then I would suggest getting in touch with a mental health professional in some capacity. So why don't you start us off and tell us what your number one tip would be for someone who is experiencing some heightened anxiety? Uh, my number one tip, as I discussed earlier, was to, to, to be cognizant of your anxiety and what it's warning you about. It's your alarm system, and it's telling you that something needs to change or something you have to adjust in some way or form. So I would say don't be afraid of your anxiety. Own it and almost embrace it. And, and and see what it's telling you and be in tune with it. 
So to me, what that sounds like is basically we talk about this concept of like riding the wave of anxiety when it comes on, because in terms of like your anxiety building, there's the first stage, which is like you have some kind of physical symptom that you're uncomfortable with or some kind of a a thought that makes you anxious, like um, maybe your heart starts beating rapidly and you start thinking, oh, my God, I'm having a heart attack or something like that. And then that sort of that sort of makes your anxiety multiply. Or even if you realize that you're not having a heart attack, maybe you know that this is sort of the beginning stages of a panic attack. And what that does is now you're not only anxious about that thought or that or sort of that precipitating factor, whether it's the rapid heartbeat or whatever it is. You're now also anxious about not wanting to get more anxious and that usually sort of makes your anxiety go from like a three or four out of 10 to an eight or nine or 10 out of 10. So there's sort of that initial thought or fear that you have. And then you also have the compounding thought or fear of not wanting to feel that. And that's sort of what kicks it into high gear. So is that sort of what you're saying in terms of not being afraid of your anxiety, just kind of when it pops up, letting it play out and trying not to fight against it so much? Uh, Absolutely. I think when you become scared of your anxiety, you almost become paralyzed and not able to act on it. And so by saying that being tuned with it and and knowing yourself well, you're basically trying to get yourself to act on your anxiety and what it's telling you to adjust to. So yes, you're absolutely right. Thank you very much. I will save that and treasure that little soundbite forever. In this situation, you're absolutely correct (laughs) for this particular question. All right. So that was your number one. I'm going to go ahead and give you my number one now. I'm going to write it down right now. (laughs) In a a pencil. All right. So my number one is to limit screen time to an hour, uh, preferably in the morning. And I think, you know, well, there's sort of an constant onslaught of information i mean every time i like scroll to the um to the news section of my phone it's like a never-ending death toll slash uh number of confirmed cases in the world um so right off the bat basically as soon as you turn on your phone the potential is there for your anxiety to get heightened and then you know there are so many sort of unknowns uh in terms of the virus and the information is constantly changing. There's a lot of uh, bad information out there, conspiracy theories that only serve to sort of heighten our anxiety and confuse us even more as to what's actually happening. So I think, uh, you know, if you find yourself struggling with anxiety more now, uh, a smart thing to do is to really limit screen time. If you can just go on your phone for an hour in the morning Chances are you'll be able to get all the information and news you need in an hour in the morning, and then you can really kind of leave it alone for the rest of the day. You don't need to constantly be constantly be exposing yourself to more things that might or more pieces of information that might make you anxious. Um, the news will still be there tomorrow, and uh, the reason why I'm saying to do it early in the day is because. You don't want to look at your phone right before bed, see something that is, you know, disturbing or anxiety provoking, and then have that disturb your ability to or disrupt your ability to sleep at night. I I totally agree, uh, Andy. And I also would add that we have to be very cognizant of where we are getting our news sources 
our news information from. Sources are very important and, and having credible sources uh, for your limited amount of news intake would be really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right. What, you wanna, why don't you hit me with your number two? Number two, I would say is, you know, while you're limiting your news sources, try to make your world, you know, a little bit smaller. And what I mean by that is when we're anxious, things seem really big and really fast. News seems to be coming really fast. The world seems to be huge and and, and has lots of things going on. And I always tell people to kind of bring yourself back to the moment, bring yourself back to where you are and what you're doing in this moment and what needs to be done to have a good moment in your day. So that requires grounding yourself. That requires, you know, taking a few deep breaths and relaxing and trying to become more cognizant of what's around you immediately rather than worrying about what's happening everywhere and who it's happening to and why it's happening and yada, yada, yada. You know, it just becomes overwhelming. So my, my number two would be make your world smaller. I like that one. Uh, then that actually is I like that, one. <laughs> that actually is similar to my number two. And my number two is to take it one day at a time. I think right now it's really easy for all of us to start thinking about how long is this going to last? You know, are we talking about days, weeks, months in terms of the social distancing and the new guidelines and all that? So anytime we're talking about anxiety and we start really doing that future-oriented thinking that tends to create that anxious feeling. One of the best things you can do, whether we're talking about the current situation we're in or just anxiety in general, is to try to notice when your mind is veering off track and thinking like that. So really trying to develop an awareness of when your thoughts start to become very future-oriented being able to bring yourself back into the present moment. So again, just trying to recognize when your thought process is veering off track, when you start to ruminate about how long things are going to last, catching yourself and bringing your focus back onto the present. And I guess I wanted to ask you, so you're encouraging people essentially to make their world smaller, uh, to focus in on just the things that are immediately around them. What are maybe some exercises that people can do to sort of develop that skill? For for me, what I tell people is uh, keeping it simple. Um, I think taking three deep breaths and relaxing yourself allows yourself to slow down your heart rate and relax your muscles. Um, I would also hearken back to uh, your point number one, which is disconnecting from things, disconnecting from TV and um, other screens for a few moments to get less stimulation. So it's almost like a mental timeout where you're, 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 you're catching yourself not misbehaving but being overly stimulated mm-hmm. and you're, you're just putting yourself away for a little bit. You're putting your brain away and you're just focusing in on the simple things, breathing, mm-hmm. relaxation, so on and so forth. So breathing techniques, relaxation techniques, it sounds like a lot of sort of mindfulness and grounding skills is kind of what you're talking about. Yes, if you want to be fancy about it. (laughs) Okay, why don't you give me your number three? Because we're social distancing doesn't mean that we're uh, 
really socially distant. And what I mean by that is, yes, we have to take a physical distance from people. We have to be six feet away from them or be wearing a mask. However, we're not, we, we shouldn't be distant from people mentally. Uh, we should remain connected in some way or form to the people that make us stronger. So for instance, whether it's close family members or friends, we have plenty of ways of communicating now, whether it's phone calls, which I think is the most optimal thing after face-to-face, mm-hmm. then there's texting or there's emailing, uh, there's FaceTime. You know, there's, I, I firmly believe there's nothing like hearing the inflection of somebody else's voice and seeing their facial expressions as they're speaking to you. It's almost therapeutic. And when you isolate, you're kind of taking away not just the warmth of uh, someone's voice, but also the way they look at you and the way they react to you. So, so socially staying connected in some capacity, I think, is very important nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when you're saying that, I'm just thinking about sort of we talk a lot about how like anxiety and depression kind of get wrapped up together and i think um one way that that can happen sometimes is oftentimes when we're anxious we'll try to avoid something and then in that avoidance we become socially isolated and now that we're all being encouraged to socially distance it's sort of a uh, question of when does social distancing become socially isolating does that make sense it does make sense. Absolutely. It's a very, I think it's a very fine line, but, um, you know, I, I, I think isolating is when you just don't have any interactions with anybody, despite even maybe wanting to interact with people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's my number three and then we'll wrap this up. And my number three is exercise. Generally, this is the thing that I would recommend for anyone who's struggling with anxiety anyway, it's also something that is still available to all of us, even though we are supposed to be socially distancing and whatnot right now. You know, you can still go take a walk. You can still run. You can still find ways to work out in your home. But again, this is something that, regardless of the situation, I think is helpful with anxiety. You know, studies have shown that it can be just as effective as medication. Um, it also diverts your attention away from whatever is causing you the anxious thoughts. Um, So, you know, if you are thinking nonstop about COVID-19 and the current situation, and then you go out and you do a half an hour of intense exercise, I can almost guarantee that that's not what you're going to be thinking about half an hour later. Also, the physical movement and increase in heart rate releases, you know, all those feel-good chemicals that we always talk about, um, like serotonin. Well said, Andy. Very well said. All right, sir. Well, thank you very much for coming on and speaking with me today. I appreciate you having me. I hope to be a regular. Uh, Probably not. Okay. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Of course. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. Thanks. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into the podcast. I just wanted to give a brief wrap-up of our top three things. So Dr. Siddiqui's top three things were, number one, not to make anxiety the enemy and try to accept it when it pops up. His second thing is to take care of what is immediately around you. He talked a little bit more about being uh, aware of your thought process when anxiety pops up. And then his third thing was to stay connected to social supports. We talked a little bit about how social distancing can sort of 
turn into socially isolating and and how that can become problematic. And then my top three things were, number one, to limit screen time to an hour in the morning. And really, the less time that you spend on your phone, the better. I just said an hour because I figured that's probably realistic for most people. Uh, number two is to try to take it one day at a time. Really being able to catch yourself when you start with the future-oriented thinking that is usually associated with anxious thoughts. And then my third thing is exercise, basically because the thing that I would recommend to anyone who's struggling with anxiety, regardless of the situation. So that's it for the podcast. I hope everyone out there is staying safe and found this helpful. Bye.